listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we ventured back into the studio for episode 314. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? Happy yes, New Year, sir. everyone. Happy New Year. It is that time. It is that time. Hope everybody uh, enjoyed themselves, had a fun and safe one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're doing the uh, the second half of my uh, favorite time of the year and that is the uh the the future prognostications the uh the 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 look into what is to come for 2023 so uh yeah before we jump into anything were you watching anything this weekend no i didn't get to watch anything this weekend i've just been playing um chained echoes hit that uh uh that sweet spot of the like the late game uh open side quest phase yeah, bro. I heard about a character. It's a it's a goat man who's a blue mage who gets his abilities by turning people into canned food, and I'm just like, yeah, that dude so is wild, great and witty. Wild. I love the characterizations that they put into the game. Fortunately, is man, I don't like that dude though, because like most of the abilities are whack as fuck, son. Most of the abilities have like a huge drawback that make me not even want to learn That's those shits. That's blue mages, yo. And then there's like three abilities that are any good out of like pretty the much, two, three, pretty dozen much. That they have. He's got like some pretty wild. They have I, I one think he major works support ability, one yeah, major offense ability. I was gonna ability, say and like then one major tank ability. He works best as like a support character because he has more than one. Um, uh, he has a pretty, pretty uh, two or three good support options that make me like. Oh, now I know what to do with you. But usually I just keep that nigga outside of the mm-hmm. party formation. And then when I what's really nice about about the game is that it uh in the monster breakdown it automatically tells you whether or not a mo- monster can be canned or not and nice. whether or not you have canned them. Thank you for not wasting my time. You, you know feel what I mean? Me? Like, exactly. I so you don't have to go about like, having to dry yeah. We could let you grind this out, or we could just tell you so that you don't have to waste time. <laughs> feel me? You don't have to sit there and constantly like check every monster to verify it out. That's really really cool. So usually I just like keep him outside of the ranks of whenever I. What's also really good about this game, um, I really like a lot of their design philosophies. It's one of those games where you full heal outside of um battle, so you don't you only need to worry about healing items and like healing your teammates up inside of battle, and also pretty much. 99% of the battles you can run from, except for boss battles, and uh, I found a world monster. <laughs> mm. So when see, shit like freed that. up... They made the game for fun. It yeah, like, it's you know? pretty cool. And see, like, I... And when they do that, when they... when they, um, In specific reference to, like, healing uh, out uh, as soon as you exit combat, it, I like that because it gives them the ability to put terrain effects that might hinder that, and that's a fun mechanic that you can engage with that isn't overwhelming over the course of the whole game. Like, no one wants to deal with that the whole game, but if I'm going into, like, you know, a blood swamp or something like that, and it's like, oh, it's got a draining effect, it's like, oh, cool, okay, a little mechanic I can play with outside of combat, you know, that I don't have to have to worry about again once I defeat this challenge, you know? I, yeah. I like that. That's that's fun game design, man. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty cool. I, I definitely fuck with what they're doing, and you know they have some pretty cool. Uh, uh, they have some pretty cool side characters that you can recruit that are, I guess, not side characters, but optional characters that oh, you can I, recruit. I that. That's pretty you, cool. I love when they <clears> include that because, like, it gives you some incentive and some like uh, difference in playthroughs, especially when there's things that like lock off characters. Yeah. This game doesn't have that, but it just has a few other ones that you can scoop up, mm. and some of them are pretty dope. Nice. Like there, there's a, unfortunately, there's one lady. I really like her design. Her name is Magnolia. She's like a. It turns out she's a fairy queen, but the the unfortunate thing Spoiler is her. Alert, she uses <laughs> all she uses all gambling moves and shit. Nice. So it's That's just like, like yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not really with that whole fucking random roll shit give them my standard set of damage bro it's one of those characters that i appreciate them existing but i never use facts oh you're cool never gonna play you not once <laughs> never no, i might even you. level you up i might even mess around with you on some side shit never will you go into a main fight hell to the fuck nah that's a no good i don't i don't deal with that that randomization now nah, i'm not good with that on my on, on my big uh high stakes fights yeah no that's dope, man. Fun. That game's really shaping up to be, I think, something special. Yeah, well, I definitely fuck with it. I hope they the studio continues to make more, man. I'm with that shit. Which studio is that? Uh, I gotta look it up. Let me see. I gotta check that out because, you know, I definitely uh, scoped it out over a while, but anything that's put out, like, on, like, the Switch and with with, a, with enough uh, fervor, it kind of doesn't feel like it's indie, but they really... There's a lot of indie developers that put out stuff in the in the mainstream spectrum that might not be triple a but it's really quality yeah i really like that um it seems that a lot of the most of the rpgs that i want to play are found on the switch so i really appreciate that a lot of them have been getting um ported over yeah that's awesome well you mean to pc uh yeah yeah but i i think they're called deck 13 interactive Okay, so they're super they're, indie. Uh, yeah, definitely never heard of them. Studio. <laughs> Feel me. I'm definitely going to check them out. But yeah, dude, that's dope. Damn, apparently their first game was funded by Kickstarter back in 2019. Sounds so, about you right. Know what I'm saying? But see, that's the beautiful I part because the, the really expensive part about these games is really the graphical processing and making them... Um, like, when you have, yeah. like, a highly graphical game that is also in 3D and, like, has a wide open world, super expensive but when you're doing mm-hmm. something with like pixel art and 2d uh maps i mean you really don't need that much money mm-hmm. i mean you want to make money and i'm not begrudging anyone of that but like as long as you keep your your uh expectations realistic you could really do this profitably you know i think that aoden chronicles and along with chain decos and a couple of other really big ones i think are um vampires or survivor which did really well um this year you don't need like that that part's taken care of you know what i mean there's great games that have awesome graphics in them not every game has to do that and i i really appreciate that that these studios these indie studios are really taking up the mantle with that you know yeah and i appreciate that the fact that they took the time out that they would have put into the graphics they put that into the game design and to the 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 game design the characters and the story you know mm. like I, I really fuck with that like I, I I'm swelled as fuck in, in my current playthrough, man. So I I really like that shit because I went on a little um, 
like I said, when, when the game hit that section of side quests, I went, like, all around, did all the side quests, and I started, like, doing the challenges and shit. So and my characters are jacked. When games aren't designed to, like, not be fun, it makes those kind of areas, like, it makes that such an amenable process. Like, oh, man, I really enjoyed getting away from the MSQ and going to doing random shit because none of the game mechanics are designed to be grindy. There might be some grind to encourage you to learn certain things, but there's nothing, like, from what I've seen of the game and a lot of the games that are more focused towards gameplay, yeah, they really shine in that area. Yeah. But, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Good shit. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> All right, so let's just, let, let, let's jump in the meat and potatoes of the episode today. We're going to be talking about what we're looking forward to in 2023. So um, here we'll start out with some music artists that um, I'm going to be looking out for that you'll probably hear me pop up and I'm hoping have big years this year, okay? And so, um, of course, I got to start out with J.I.D. because what he did last year and the consistency of his output to me says that 2023, he's not going to let up off the gas and there's going to be a lot of fire out there. And what he's doing right now, I feel like is is trend setting, you know, um, where, whereas you see what, um, like Kendrick is doing, putting a lot of his life into these, uh, into his album, that, that, uh, that trend I think is catching on and, and JID I think is riding that wave really well. And so whereas in this particular occasion, he might not be trend setting. He is definitely carrying that wave. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not just one who's, who's partaking in it in 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 a in a you know exploitative way he's really like this is part of his art and i and i really appreciate that from him and so i think 2023 is going to be really big for jid you know what i mean and i i know very frequently i will i will harken back to my west coast artist because i i've been i've been really touched by the music but i think that the east coast is going to have a big year next year um and so JID is at the top of the list of who I'm looking forward to see what they're what's re, what's really popping off. Um, then staying on the East Coast, I'm interested to see what Nas does because Nas has been so prolific in the past two to three years that I think that he's about to to do some more big stuff and it's been a crescendo for him. You know what I mean? He's had the King's Disease trilogy. He had Magic. I mean, there's just Nas's discography has ripened so well, so well, and these new additions are 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 are, I think, very much going to to add to that legacy. And so I'm interested to see what he's doing next year because between his business ventures and his music, Nas's uh, 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 output has been, I'd say, exemplary for sure. And so um, definitely musically, I'm looking to see, looking forward to see what Nas uh, puts out next year. Um, and finally, J. Cole. Because J. Cole, he releases cyclically, and this is his time. And he always drops fire, too. And he always drops <laughs> fire, you know what I mean? And so I'm very much looking forward, because he's been... His features last year were stupid, like they always are. And so coming into this year, this... I'm not sure if this is going to be a music drop year, but I'm looking for it. If it is, oh, it's going to be good. 
Because coming off of um, all of the stuff he did with Earth Gang, J.I.D., Boss, and and then the people outside of the Dreamville Collective, I mean, you know, humility is one of those things that in an Amer- in American society will doom you to the annals of, of, of side talk. But J. Cole is clearly one of the, the best to do it of all times. Like, just in terms of, like, his business sense, media savvy, the collective he's built, his ability to feature, his ability to make his own products, his ability to keep his brand consistent and evolve. He really is just one of the best to do it. But his humility means that he doesn't carry the braggadocio that people are looking for to to call you a great. You know what I mean? It's silly. It's silly because, I mean, the numbers don't lie. The numbers just don't lie. You know what I mean? Like, J. Cole's numbers always are there. And on top of that, he's carried so many people with him. Yeah. Just looking forward to one of the greats next year. You know what I mean? J. Cole is going to be doing it big, and and, and I'm looking forward to the ride because his entertainment is always always there to, to, to please. But, yeah, so those are my top three artists that I'm looking for next year. Um, do you got anybody up there that you're looking for? Um... Hmm. Actually, uh, uh, kind of surprisingly, uh, I, I hope Popcon drops something new this year. He's not an Popcon. He's been into the controversy. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. I follow the Jamaican gossip rag, so like most people only know Popcon from the music, but yeah, Popcon no. been getting dragged in the in the gossip rags lately, yo. For me, that's that's a little too messy for me, man. I couldn't keep up with it. So oh, it's bad. It's so messy. It's so messy. I it, I it absolutely does not strike me as something you'd be interested in. Not even the least. <laughs> that's how messy it is. But and I know um, that you can even take a little mess and nah, yo, it's too much. Yo, Popcon, the man love chat too much, yo. It's, absolutely, it's he's a shit talker. He, he's from yeah. the he's the from heart. the younger generation, so he's sort of like the he's got the the skills, uh, the blend of the old and the new. You know, you, what you, you know what the you know what Popcon's thing is is that he 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 is a pioneer because he pioneered the the whole crossover to the U.S. Because he was willing to do things that, like, Beanie and, and Bujo and Bounty weren't willing, to do, weren't willing to do, you know what I mean? PopCon is probably one of the most prolific international artists outside of the big three. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Outside of the big three. Yeah. But at the same time... I saw time, this video the other day of mm-hmm. this fucking... Uh, the, the whitest white dude office worker, you middle-aged white dude office worker you could think of. Like, mm. I guess he was somewhere in Jamaica in the dance hall, and he was like, I know everybody that when you are buying you, mm-hmm. be my careful, you can't find it. I was reach. like, yo. The man has reach. I was like, yo, who is this dude that, like, knows all the words to the fucking popcorn song? But, yeah, my man's, yeah. But yo, he did it, so it'd be by surprising a lot how, of the elders, and that, that was yeah. the thing. That was, that was, He's definitely a, a hybrid Honestly, when it comes to... Because nobody was doing it like PopCon before. You know what I mean? Like, Alkaline, Skang, all of them. Uh, everybody was paying homage before PopCon. PopCon was the first one to really say, yo, nah, man, me boss. Yeah. And me run with he to was one of the America first and ones. make it big. Yeah. And never they give me the money where them did give me some me, I'll get them all of the love. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. That's how Popcorn did come off. And so he was the first and most the, the strongest one to come out of Vibes' camp. You know, because what I'm Vibes was doing it, but then Vibes got locked up, and so mm-hmm. and he never was able to carry on the way. And Popcorn, I think, surpassed him. In in him being out, I'm not saying that if Adijo was out of the box, that he would not be mushing <laughs> up the place. Because the man is pro, he still releases enough music yeah, from does. another place there. But still, you know what I mean? Popcorn, I think, surpassed him in his international acclaim because he was able to be out producing and out performing mm-hmm. when Vibes is locked up. But yeah. And also, he, he's very good on the social media. You know what I mean? He knows how to yeah. like, walk yeah. in that world as well. I'm so. on Instagram live. You feel me? Which is like. Again, another thing, like you mentioned, like the elders don't really fuck with that too heavy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of them are getting into it now, and well, yeah, they have media uh, people who take care of it for them. Yeah, they, they they've wisened up and realized like, oh, I could just hire somebody who don't have a problem with it, and and as long as I hire someone who understands my brand, they won't ask me to do nothing crazy on it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's because like Sizzla, Sizzla's Instagram and and social media is popping because. He, he has people who respect his brand who are willing to run it. You know what I mean? It's about bridging that gap. But yeah, man, Popcorn, he'll have a big year, I think. Yeah. So, and also, um, in the R&B section, I would I would like, like a new Jacob Banks album this year. Bro, I don't think I there was one that dropped that. last year. Mm-hmm. And if there was, I need to make sure I double check and see. But I think um, that would be some pretty... What was Pretty your first nice Jacob, Jacob? What introduced you to Jacob Banks? Was it that um, Colors performance, uh, or did you hear about him before that? I think it may have been the Colors performance. I like that one. That was out of control. That and Colors then, performance blew my mind. I was like, "Oh, this nigga's on the next shit." Yeah, and then like you two recommended Chain Smoking Your Love oh, shortly yeah. thereafter. That was his big hit. And after that, I sort of just went down on like a a, a rabbit hole of, of his songs and shit. Like, he, he's also like a lot of times, like, I much prefer the studio recorded uh, session to a live session. But he's one of the few singers that yeah, I'd be like, yo, yeah. like, his vocal just, quality is, you know what I'm saying? It's wild. Throughout. Like, he's just sitting in an open like church in, in a chair with a mic. And it, that shit just sounds like That's fucking so rare. super dope. The only other person I know who has that kind of vocal quality is Sir. Yeah, Sir is so sick with it. This man's ability to control the acoustics of his voice during his you watch his Jed, his uh, John Redcorn um colors performance. The man's the, the man's uh, ability to project. He turns around away from the mic, and you can hear the reverberation so clear <laughs> in the mic. I'm just like, oh my goodness, he's using the room. It's like watch me science Usually, this bitch, bruh. But he's actually also he is a master trained singer. Like he was trained by a master singer to to you know uh refine his vocal quality so it's one of those things but jacob banks is of that level i think for sure yeah. and then uh last but not least i would say silk sonic oh, okay. definitely definitely need more are silk they together sonic, still right? i thought that they were just together for the pandemic to put out some bangers and then said yo yeah yeah we're gonna leave that there where it is and be out if they do that, I would be impressed because they're leaving so much money on the table. Yeah, they were loved. That I would be tremendously impressed with that level of restraint. See, I think that Silk Sonic exists, existing as like maybe a tour and a single band, I think is like, that's their sweet spot. You know what I mean? Make relevant music to the moment and then, then tour on the body that you've created. You think a, a whole album is what they want, what we want from that? 
Uh, I think that Bruno Mars and uh, uh, yeah. Anderson Pock really are exceptional musicians, yeah. <laughs> and if the two of them sit down together, they can absolutely make a banger with those album two, that I would, I would love to listen to. I think I would say that with those two, even if I didn't want the album, if they gave it to me, I'd be like, ah, oh, damn it. You, would, you feel me? You, you'd still like it. If you're exactly. full and they bring in that, 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 that fucking pie, you're at least going to be like... At least gotta try the motherfucker, you know what I'm saying? I can't. And of just, course it's them, so it's gonna be good. Yeah. It's one of those things. That, pretty much. So. I hear you. Okay, I can dig it. Okay, so Silk Sonic. I'm looking forward to that too. That that that'd be an interesting one. Man, yeah, I really enjoyed. Like they have three songs that I got on rotation in the R&B switch. So, bro, smoking out easy. the window is the fast, jam, you know bro. I mean? Okay, okay, all right. So let's. Look, you ready to move on into some of these here? Uh, media and cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So here we'll start with TV because um, you know we gonna be eating for movies. That I actually got a ton of shit to look forward to in that. So let's start with the TV and we'll move on into the big section because TV I thought was actually kind of scant. There wasn't a whole lot I was looking forward to. Um, I don't know if you've been um really uh keeping up with it, but it's. There's a lot of trash being put out there and shit that just I don't think is going to be too hot. But I did find three bangers that I do think are going to be uh, kind of uh, enjoyable. And so um, the first one is The Mandalorian. Mm, nice. Mandalorian has always served for me. Even when it's not at its height, I think it's been entertaining. And so I'm highly looking forward to that. Yeah, this season, this season from the trailer, this season looks pretty fresh. And Pedro Pascal is on his shit, my nigga. That yeah. nigga's gonna... He, he's like, yo, I'm making a... He's on his legacy run. That's what it is. Like, you gotta recognize when an actor's on their legacy run. You know what I mean? Because it's not in the beginning. It's not at the end. Right in the meet when they're at mm-hmm. their height. That's when... The, and Pedro Pascal is on his legacy run. Because between the t- movies and TVs, he's... I think he shows... Yeah, he shows up twice on my list. Like, this nigga, Pedro Pascal, is really out here acting his ass off. You know what I mean? From Oberon to this day, <laughs> to this day, this nigga been acting his ass off. So yeah, dude, I'm def- very much looking uh, forward to Mandalorian. Don't worry, I got this. I can do a few more twirls. It'll all be good. And I'm here for it. Um, and the next one, it, it, I'm pretty sure Pedro Pascal is in this one too. Last of Us. Yeah. The TV show. Mm-hmm. So is um so is uh Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker, which I'm super excited for. Yes, they're the voice actors that do the the main characters. So, I've, Troy Baker is the voice actor that pretty much officially flipped the switch that make too? me uh say again. Didn't they use his face in it uh, as well? Nah, nah, no? nah. Okay. nah. Troy's this really skinny, like suave looking dude. Because he was in Death Stranding, right? Uh nah, I don't no, believe Troy Baker so. wasn't the main bad guy. Uh, let me double check. I didn't actually play that, so let me double check. But Troy Baker, yeah, he's prolific to say the least. He's whether he was in it, yeah, like, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to dis- derail you, but yeah, Troy Baker is gonna be in that. Um, yeah, he played Higgs. On Higgs, Dex yeah, Trending. he was the main bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, they they did use his face. It looks like. Yep, and, that's and, absolutely that's his face. Yeah. And I'm sorry, that's why I kind of I, I transported that over to Last of Us. But yeah, he was. Uh, Troy Baker was all over um, Death Stranding, and he was fucking amazing. That's yeah. why when you said he's Troy's in this also one, I was the like, um, the architect. Oh, what? he's the he's the architect and the pangolin. Oh, man, I love the art. I thought he killed. The That's why I'm architect. like, yo, Troy Baker is putting on a clip. Yo, I'm telling you, Troy Baker is like OG, like one of my guys. top three voiceover inspirations. Man. Clearly, like he he's a fucking Cleanly. legend. I mean, 
But I'm really excited that the two of them, they got roles. I was seeing a small featurette uh, uh, about it on YouTube, and apparently they play um, not just, like, little bit characters, but actually full-on characters. So I'm excited. Like, Ashley Johnson is in um, Critical Role. That's really where I know her from. Yeah, that's where I know her from. Because I was like, I know Ashley Johnson. I'm not going to say where from because I know (laughs) I'd be mixing shit up. But, yeah, Critical Role, perfect. That's where where I know her from. So she does a lot of other live-action stuff, too, but they're not really in my, like, wheelhouse of TV shows. So. I'm, uh, th- that was going to be one of our overlaps because I'm I'm really excited to see not only Pedro's performance because you know he's everybody dope, but that's a great cast. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen Troy in live action before, so I'm I'm fucking excited for that alone. Bro, he killed it in fucking Death Stranding, dude. Like his performance, like you'd think that he was like a a general actor, not yeah. just a voice actor. He's fucking amazing because the dude. facial capture that they got on him, like. It had to come mostly from him, I'm assuming, like, and then they just kind of glossed it up to fit it into the game, like, because, boy, oh, boy, it, because he has, like, a certain, like, crazy demeanor about him, (laughs) but he's not crazy, he just sees past the reality that you have all accepted, you know what I mean, like, one of those things, fucking smashed it, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, that's dope. Yeah. That's a great. That's a great choice. Yeah, and um, finally, uh, this is one that I talked about a little bit in my sci-fi section earlier in the year. Um, it's a popular uh, Chinese book that has been becoming more popular in the West, and that is the Three Body Problem. And it is a, an amazing, amazing uh, foray into what they call galactic sociology. And so you're probably more familiar with galactic sociology through Mass Effect and how the species of Mass Effect are clearly not human, have (laughs) no human analogs to their culture, and so operate fundamentally differently and altogether not like human culture. Mm -hmm. That's galactic sociology, but this is a galactic sociology based more on like the physics end and the idea that we talk we communicate and socialize on a time scale of seconds you know we speak and we interact with each other and expect general interact but in galactic sociology civilizations are dealing with each other on light years and they're they're talking to the past of civilizations you know what i mean so when you send out a signal if it was to be interpreted by an alien, they'd be interpreting the past. This is like what they talk about in Contact, where the alien's first signal was the 1960s Olympics that Hitler had broadcast. <laughs> That's what they're talking about. They're, in galactic sociology, you're always communicating with someone's past. And so what ends up happening in the three-body problem is that most galactic civilizations just err on the side of destroy anything they come in contact with because you there's no way to bridge the gap of time, you know? And so it's a very great exposition of how humans would interact with that kind of sociology because aliens aren't ready for our randomness. Like humans, at least in our environment, exist in a, a place of complete, complete unencumbrance from our environment. We could do whatever the fuck we want. Humans will oftentimes do things that will cause their own death. You know what I mean? Like, most organisms are not familiar with being able to operate with the kind of mindset that would lead to your own death. 
They wouldn't do that. They just would never operate that way. Most aliens also do not operate that way. And so when they encounter humans, they're like, holy shit. How do we destroy something that will also lead to our own destruction? Because we can't, we can't fathom what they would do in response. So Three Body Problem is a great book series. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing if they can actually adapt the interactions that the book describes into TV series. Going to be amazing. But yeah, so those are the three TV series that I'm looking forward to um, coming up into the 2023. Uh, What else you got? Uh, I'm pretty curious about uh, Ironheart. Oh, Um, that's this year? Yeah, yeah. Ironheart is supposed to be coming out this year. That one's going to be dope. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I'm familiar with uh, Riri Williams just sort the of actress, like right? cursory. I'm, I'm not familiar with the actress, oh, okay. actually. I, so I'm, I'm familiar I'm with the comic book character, but the yeah, actress same. from what she showed in um, Wakanda Forever? Yeah, I'm going to give it to her. <laughs> I'm going to let her do her thing. I want to see what she brings to it. I want to give her a full license and see what kind of character this comes out to be. Because, of course, she's being directed. But she has a lot of charisma in there, like yeah, you know Dominique I mean? Thorne, and it's it's they said it's supposed to come out in fall twenty twenty three. So, if if it doesn't get pushed back, then uh, I'm very curious about that. And yep. um, I guess uh, the other one would be I could leave Loki season three, man, or season oh, that's two. Dropping. Okay, the, uh, I'm very. Oh, but then again, that's probably going to be after Quantum and probably going to need the to need that to bridge that information. But I'm going to see that one anyway. But oh, for sure, I'm I'm very curious as to what's going to happen going forward in the Loki series. It's 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 such a wild series with so many unpredictable twists and turns that it's always just like, you know what I mean? It, it it's like a it, it's like a roulette of ice cream of all flavors that you like. So it's one of those things too that like. Tom Hiddleston always gives me a performance yeah, that I like, Tom so I'm very like. I feel like if you have that, you, if they whatever Jonathan Majors brings, if he's in it, um, can't hurt. Like I'm just like, okay, I, it didn't leave me with a bad taste, so yeah, I'm here for it. I have no fucking clue what to expect though, not even the slightest. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I have no idea where the fuck they're going with what they set up, but hey, we'll see. Yeah, it's one of those good throw your hands up in the air, you know. Yeah, and um, I think that's. Uh, oh, I guess uh, the other one that I that I spoke about, but that that comes out in a couple of weeks, is uh the season two of Vox Machina. Okay, it, no, it's that's covering a great um. Okay. Yeah, it's covering the Chroma Conclave, which I didn't see any of their season one. So this is another reason why it's so good for me get to sort of get an abridged and animated version of the. Of is the, that another series of their campaign? Uh no, the of their season one of Critical Role. Okay, oh, gotcha, uh, gotcha, Vox gotcha, Machina gotcha. Is, is the the adaptation. It's like a yes. pretty well, faithful adaptation. Yeah, because of their the adaptation role. I keep thinking of as an anime, and I keep forgetting that it's coming <laughs> from an actual campaign run. Yeah, which I think is fucking sick. I love that about that it. That is pretty wild. So there's so many DMs are such imaginative people, and D and D is such a great platform to express that. That I think there's, there's a huge dearth of of adaptations that can come from really well run campaigns. Yeah. And that's because documentation isn't really well done outside of the players and themselves. But boy, man. Facts. Do you know how many great <laughs> fucking stories Nobody are left notes. to the ether because yeah. they are experienced and that's what D yep. is meant to do. But boy, man, like 
God, if if fucking if they could find a great way to harness that, you know what I mean? Let me tell you, storytelling I think would there would be great storytelling for a long time to come. Because boy, let me tell you, there's thousands of DMs that could give amazing stories to this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they might not be authors. You know what I mean? But if you I could mean, just put an author in in that seat to watch what's going, and they could they can get the inspiration to make great stories. Yeah, go ahead. It's uh, a a lot of Hollywood's current generation, and um, like sort of like our age and slightly older generation of writers are pretty heavy into D and D. And I think a significant amount of actors that yeah them gained too, a lot sure. of experience through D and D, and then and then transpose that into acting. You know, definitely for sure. It, 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 it's it's fun all around. So I'm looking forward to season two because it's um it, they're facing off against the fucking uh, a group of dragons, and I don't know how the fuck a D and D party is supposed to beat a group of dragons, but fuck it, we'll see where it goes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, you better take some notes, nigga. <laughs> Just saying, they, they don't know about what, what's going on behind the scenes, but take notes because you won't have to worry about that. But um no um you know really who who really started out. That bringing that to popularization, and I want to give him some credit for it, is um Dan Harmon with Harmon Quest. You remember he did this show where he was just running a campaign, and I think that a lot of people were inspired, and that's why we're seeing a little bit more of an uptake in like, oh, okay, let's just adapt that. Because, I mean, let's just put it this way. R.A. Salvatore literally ran the whole fucking fantasy genre for three decades because no one picked up on, like, He's just adapting fucking campaigns that other people are running, and then he's taking his genius and molding that into a novel. That's it. It's literally his entire fucking... I mean, Vin Diesel did it. He yeah, made a whole movie saying. about his uh, D&D character. It failed horribly, though. Oh, then which again, one was that? You know, oh, The was Last one Witch the Hunter? Movies? I'm sorry. Nah, The Last Witch Hunter, I believe. Oh, yeah, that one that one is based on his D and D character, his longtime D and D character. I would never trust his D and D character <laughs> because most D and D. Because the thing is, is that honestly, like most D and D players are good enough people, but the quality I think of D and D creativity comes from the DMs, not from the players themselves. Hey, Amen. That's just my opinion, and that comes from someone who plays on both sides. At least you know he'll always watch your back because he cares about family. He's you know all about family. He never have to worry about getting too far because he only lives life is, is, a quarter mile at a time. Is this character going to be on board? It's all about family. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that's funny. But yeah, I mean, it, th- th- those are pretty much my picks. And of course, uh, Last of Us, I'm super, super duper excited to check that out just because yeah, the gonna cast. Be oh, and of course, the girl that plays Ellie is um, the, the, the badass Mormont from, um, from oh, that's Game Leanna of Thrones. Mormont? You know, the little girl that was yeah, talking Leanna. shit and got ch- choked by the giant? Yeah, that's her. Mm-hmm. That, that's who's playing Ellie. So cast is lit. Um, the story cool. is it has been battle tested. So we'll see if the adaptation is just as good. So I'm excited for that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So let's go into the big one because this 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 one's gonna take a little bit because yo, 2023 is eating with the movies, bro. When it's I was going through it, I was like, all right, all right, let's see what Jank is gonna be on this list, bro. We about to do ten. <laughs> ten ten is movies. I'm looking for ten. That's a month. That's a movie a month. Got you know, give or take. But, bro, I was hella surprised by what's coming out next year. So, we'll start at the top, 
Ant-Man and Wasp, Quantumania. Definitely. That's just a big one for me. Um, it's the it's going to be the major cog of the next movement of the MCU. So that's I'd be lying to you if I wasn't tell if I didn't say that I was heavily invested and that I'm very much looking forward to where this is going. So Ant-Man and Wasp had to be at the very top of my list. That's just first and foremost. And then we got Creed 3. Because I fuck I fuck around very heavy with um with, with Michael B and his direction, you know, and and Jonathan Majors is looking to bring another stellar performance. I hope they don't I hope I hope they don't jangoize the African American experience. Because unfortunately, these are not people who have experienced like going through jail actually dealing with niggas on a regular basis who have the kind of uh, uh, social disorders that come with having been in jail, having been raised by people who, you know, glorify the life. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm interested to see what they bring, but the Creed series has been very good. Um, Michael B. and Jonathan Majors have been very mindful of, of their representations thus far, so I'm looking forward to it. I think that's going to be dope. So there's Creed 3. We got John Wick 4. Because how Definitely. could we not be in for John Wick, my nigga? Definitely. John Wick 3 was... I was like, hold up. How the fuck they put out a third movie that keeps me just as entertained as the first two? Bruh. With nothing but action. Blind not- Donnie Yen. Blind swordsman Donnie Yen. Bruh. Say less. Bruh. Blind gun and sword wielding swordsman Donnie Yen. Say less. Bruh. If feel he doesn't me? chop a bullet in half, I'm gonna well, be upset. I believe he did in the in the in the in, okay, the, in the trailer. You so feel me? I know that I will be fully Man, fulfilled. I will fully be completely wilded. fulfilled by this movie. So see, like, yeah. never have I been more confident that a movie will come through for me than this one. John Wick Four is going to be good. Let's just enjoy it. Let's not bullshit. Let's not expect anything from it that shouldn't be there. Donnie Yen's going to chop a bullet in half, and John Wick is going to fucking murder a bunch of niggas. Let's feel be me? happy, everybody. Let's just be happy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so John Wick Four. It's like, it's like that new. My new most hated trope is when um, people use small arms fire against something that clearly small arms fire doesn't work again. For some reason, the last few months, every time it sees that, it just annoys me so much. Like, you see a nigga engage Superman and they shoot him. It doesn't work. What do they do? They empty the clip. I'm like, yo, my nigga. Stop wasting your bullets. Someone else might show up. Like, save that, nigga. What's wrong with you? What's going on? Like, niggas, the machine guns is unloading on someone. The smoke clears. He walks out. What do they do? Unload on him again. I'm like, come on, guys. You you know what it is for me? Is that I have this extreme problem with people who don't absorb information at Mm -hmm. at a reasonable rate. And it's that's like, really nigga, what it is. Two shots is all you need to know that a nigga's impervious. That's really what it is, bro. If I shoot you once and you don't flinch, and I shoot you again and you don't flinch, that's all the info I needed. <laughs> Stop fucking ramming your head against the wall. And, and that whole thing is a metaphor for all the bad guys in John Wick that aren't yeah. like, that aren't like uh, uh, named actor level. You feel me? If you're not a named actor in the John Wick series, why are you still going after this man, bro? He just killed like an entire security the detail man before you. Literally got like. Plus three bullet resistance. Facts, bro. Like, if you're not shooting him with magical bullets, like, stop. Just stop. Not only does easy bullet resistance, he also has bullet dodging and close quarters bullet dodging, no less. And bullet deflection. And long like, range bullet bro. dodging. He has literally every ability assigned <laughs> to stopping bullets from hurting Oh, this nigga John Wick be wild. Oh, and of course, everybody has, like, 
I, I don't know how they do it. I guess he, pistols aren't as loud as rifles, but, like, every time I see someone, like, shoot a, 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 a weapon off without ear protection, that shit makes me, like, flinch, man, because that shit... I remember the one time I was at the range and I didn't have my earplugs, and I was like, oh, yep, not, never never again. Oh, bro, they were busting again. shots outside last night because of the new year, and I was like, bro, I know none of them niggas is protecting their ears, bro. These bro. niggas is tripping. It's crazy. Protect your ears, man. Once you, once, once, you, once you lose the little silly in your ear that collects the sound waves, them shits don't come back. So. Nah, them shits is gone forever, bro. <laughs> so, it's one of the few parts do of your, your body that don't regenerate. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, yes, John Wick. It's complete fucking aside. Up all so, yeah, these noobs. It is a very relevant aside for John yeah, Wick. Yeah, you know so. what I'm saying? Fucking up all these noobs. They still won't learn, and I'm here for it. Absol- absolutely. And speaking of uh, uh, what we were talking about earlier... I'm looking forward to the Dungeon and Dragons movie, nigga, yeah. because I will always be hyped for every Dungeon yeah. and Dragons movie. And I no hope it does super bad. well. I hope it does well. I absolutely hope it does well. I don't have any confidence in it, but nah. I am hyped. Nah. It's one of them things. At least Chris Pine will probably be pretty good. I think that um, they have a more solid acting squad. Mm-hmm. There's... And you know, Michelle Rodriguez always fuck with Michelle I Rodriguez. like Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. I don't care if she's racist. Oh, she is? Oh, super racist. Damn, but it's man. all good. Um, what the hell, bro? No, it's only mild. It's only mild shit. It's like, she's not, <sighs> like, actively racist where, like, she goes out and, like, perpetuates stereotypes. It's like, oh, she was clearly taught that, and she, no one ever told her otherwise. So I'm going to let her ride. I'm going to let her ride. <laughs> she's like... it's all about family. She's like fucking Bernie from Glass and you're like, give yes. me a phone. Give me your phone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. I didn't know I couldn't say that. And I so didn't I, know they considered that. I still insult. rock with her despite um, what uh, social media might be saying. But yeah, I rock with Michelle Rodriguez, yeah. Um, I think that when she's acting, she's doing a good job. And so um, I just sure. ignore the other shit. One of my um, favorite Chris parts Pine, about course, um, yeah. Avatar 1, I was mad as fuck when she died, bro. I was really mad as fuck. She was, that's what I'm saying. Like, when she she's got that persona down like real well, like that kind of tomboy kind of hard chick, yeah. but like not the I, badass right yeah, or die. You know what like, I mean? Squatty, yeah, yeah, squatty. Good, she's the good badass right or die squatty, bro. She's like, hey, you know, I got you. Stop being a bitch, though. Yeah, so she's gonna bring that to the D and D movie, and um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be dope. Um. At very least, it'll have some really good visuals, and yeah. I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, it looked really good from the trailer. The transformation from out, uh, from uh, owl bear to, to to human was pretty oh, smooth. I love the owl bear, and was I love the, the the because there's always an air of mystery about owl bears because the players never know about them, but of course every DM is well versed in them. So like, there's always owl bear lore to be learned if you <laughs> if you just roll for it. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. everybody's always talking about that shit. And the, the the fucking dragons. Oh, there's at least two different dragons in the in the trailer. So man, it should be cool. I think it should at least be fun, regardless of whether or not the story is good. I think it should at least be a fun ride for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we got some stuff to to look forward to with that. But yeah, next up on the list, Transformers. Oh fuck yeah, Transformers Beast Wars. This is my shit. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be amazing. Um, Transformers is, I think, going to turn around the franchise. I think that the reason why there was such a huge gap between this one and the last one was because they realized that the backlash was about to tank the the franchise. 
That's why they went to uh, to the Beast Wars to kind of get back people in. And I hope that they stick the landing um, with a little bit of a turn in some of the production. I don't. Is Tyrese in this one? I don't believe so. Is uh who's the other dude who is the white guy who is opposite Tyrese in the military? Um, Josh Duhamel. Yeah, is he in this one? I don't think so. I don't think right, that, feels that, like a turn, that squad man. is in there. Con- I mean, but not that I have anything against that them. world has been gone for a while though. You know, they rebooted it with um uh uh, uh what's Marky name? Mark. Nah, nah. The, he was the replace. That's th- that's old, old. Like okay, old, old. Uh, the the they they replaced Shia LaBeouf with Marky Mark, and I believe um. Duhamel and and uh, Tyrese were both in his movies too, but then after that they kind of completely restarted the new going back in the past with the Bumblebee movie. <clears throat> and oh, this one follows that. I did that not Bumblebee see the Bumblebee movie. movie. I did not give that a chance. The, me, either. I mean, I started it, but the 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 rushing into the opening story kind of made me mad. But apparently, it did really really well. It's it's probably one of the best received ones of the new ones. So okay, I might. I'm meaning to give up. it a shot at some point. And it looks like this one is following that the Bumblebee store timeline. Okay, so or yeah, maybe even I don't even know because Optimus Prime is in. What? Who the fuck knows with these goddamn? Who movies? fucking knows? I'm, I'm not keeping up to it. Saw, I don't you know, know, as long as Rhinox whips out the double fucking machine what, guns, the double Gatling, double Gatling guns. What? You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm going to be happy. And we'll see if they go through the trouble of explaining where the bullets come from. Because I only just realized the other day. I was like, this hey, wait never a had minute. A chain. There was no chain on wait this. Wait a minute. This this shit is shooting out shells, but there's no nothing feeding into the actual See, the thing is itself. that you're asking way too many questions. <laughs> it's Rhinox, but, but I'm excited to evil, see. Um, oh, yeah. They even had, the, they even had the, the Optimus transformation where he's got that they fucking did. sick-ass axe. So. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see how much of the squad they bring in. And well, they gotta bring they back. That, I mean, hopefully they bring in Dinobot. Hopefully they bring mm-hmm. in Cheetor. Is, is hopefully they, they bring in Cheetor Waspinator. was in the trailer. And I mean, there's just they have a huge cast. Of, I'm, I'm I'm just gonna keep my hopes up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anybody they bring back, because pretty much I love everybody in that cast. Even yeah, the ones I didn't. So Pterosaur, the wackest nigga, was dope. <laughs> Try Pterosaur because even he had his time to shine when that nigga got possessed. Thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, definitely that that's one of the ones that we share. But yeah, uh, then we got into the Spider Verse. Yes, yeah. Definitely looking forward to Into the Spider Verse. I thought that the first one was amazing. It was a nine for me. Um, I absolutely am anxious to see where they take that. I have all uh, confidence in in what they've produced. Like that, that was such a solid production. Like the characters, all of those characters were spun off because they were so beloved. Yeah, it was just really well done. And so, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse doesn't have a lot to say. I have no fucking idea what the storyline is, but I'm definitely looking oh, forward um, to whatever they give me. That's Oscar Isaacs is wild. That's, that's at least what I got from the new, newest trailer. Oh, snap. Oscar Isaac plays um, um, Miguel O'Hara, who's Spider-Man 2099. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah. I love Spider-Man 2099 because he, he's, he's definitely not a good guy. He was scrapping with Miles for some reason. So Oh, uh, for sure, because he's we'll trying to consume the other Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2099 is, um, he consumes the other Spider-Man when he finds out uh, that they exist. Um, but yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. So yeah, uh, we got Dune. Dune Part 2. Dune Part 1 I thought was amazing. Um, it's one that I think that I haven't returned to enough. I'm definitely going to uh, go back to a couple more times before the uh, the second part comes out. But 
the story Frank Herbert put out was amazing, and they've been keeping close to it and giving it finally some cinematic justice. And so I hope they just continue on that line because, boy, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. That's just a that that's a that's a personal favorite though. That's why it wasn't too too high on the list. But Dune, I think it's gonna be super dope. Um, when that lands, um, and this is the next one is one that, ah, it's one of those ones that's like, I I'm really hoping, because there's zero evidence it's gonna be good. And that's Blue Beetle. Fuck yeah. That's definitely on my list, too. I am absolutely hoping, but I unfortunately have no evidence of what they've shown me or the studio or the particular actors that says that this is going to be a standout hit. I am just hoping beyond everything that it is because I think that it is all of the parts when put together on paper sound great. But I need real-life evidence. Paper's not real-life evidence. You know what I mean? Those are just thoughts. You know? I need the... And we haven't seen anything. Yeah, they should start dropping trailers soon. It comes out in the middle of the year. So here... I'm looking forward to it. I want that to hit so hard. Ah! Blue Beetle Beetle and Booster Gold, I think, are one of my favorite Golden Age team-ups and team-ups of all times. You know, not just of that time, of that era. Their chemistry is unlike anything. Like, most team-ups that I've known of actually didn't become, I think, entertaining, for me at least, until their more contemporary um, renditions. Uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold has always been entertaining as a team-up, in my opinion. Um, Their writers were always uh, spot-on with their chemistry, and so, yeah. I think that the Blue Beetle movie is going to set up, I think, for a series of really great movies between the two. If they, if that's the, the storylines that they choose to to go about, but yeah, I'm very probably not because that. the movie's about the Jaime Reyes, and he don't know Gabusta Gold. Ah, for real. Ted Cord is the one that Ted Cord, the um, the yeah, previous the, era yeah. Blue Blue Beetle. He's the the tech dude. He was the one that's uh, partners with Mister Booster. Yeah, that's Golden Era, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't realize they were. Jaime Reyes is more like a, a Young era. Justice. Is like a, He's also on the Teen Titans as well. He's on Young Justice. Has he been on Teen Titans? I'm not sure. But he's more like a, 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 on the, the Young Justice teams and stuff. That's where you'll find him mostly. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. That's, that leaves very little chance that they'll be tying in the, the Golden Era. Even though I will say that Hawkman... And Doctor Fate both were conglomerates of their of their. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, they're both from that time from the JSA. Yeah, so JSA they, they, era. They, yeah, they have characteristics of multiple renditions. So maybe, but yeah, that's just me hoping. I just want to see um because the, I like uh, uh Blue Beetle. Booster Gold was my personal favorite though, because he had the like the 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 floating uh platform that he was always uh riding on. Shit was dope. That was my personal favorite, so I hope that I was hoping that I was gonna get some uh inclusion. But you know, we'll see what comes uh in the future. Maybe, maybe not in the introduction, but if they're running out of material, something else gonna be made of that. But yeah, any that movie is probably gonna be st- still has 
a very high chance of I think being of quality. You know what I mean? As long as they don't, as long as they don't Morbius it or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, uh, is see that was announced prior to James Gunn though, right? Oh yeah, the movie's in. <clears throat> the movie's been in post production for for quite some time. I'm pretty sure they're almost finished with post production. So they're not. So do you think that James Gunn would rather just not tie it in and let it be its own thing, or? I think they're waiting to see how much money it makes. Okay, I'm with it. That I mean, at least at, at very least, that would lead me to believe they'll take the best parts of it if if they're going to try to incorporate it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it looks and like so, James yeah. Gunn was only taking getting rid of stuff that was sort of like troubled or had any sort of um. <clears throat> any any sort of mud on it so you know blue beetle there's there's no reception on yeah, it yet uh, either way so it's one of those things where you at least you know i mean it's almost done anyway let it ride okay i'm with it so yeah we got blue beetle on the track and then uh we got craven craven very the curious about that one Aaron very Taylor johnson man after after fucking um, <clears throat> bullet train, I'm I'm with it, bro. Fuck I'm, will, it. I'm willing to look, I'm willing to see what they give us because Craven the Hunter is a great storyline. There's a lot on that for them to tell. So you know, because there is so much, I'm keeping myself open. Like they can choose any of those storylines. Honestly, I personally like the the um, Craven and Hunter. Uh, I'm sorry, Craven the Hunter and Rhino team up storylines. They work very well together. But you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what they what, what they choose to go with because you know that's a that's a great antihero or uh, that's a great uh, villain in the rogues gallery of um, Spider Man to bring about. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, he's one of the cool ones. Yeah, definitely looking forward to see what they're doing with Craven. Um, and then you got the Marvels. I enjoyed I enjoyed Miss Marvel Kamala Khan. I didn't hate Carol Daniel Carol Danvers's um Captain Marvel. And so yeah, I'm interested to see uh the uh how they how they bring the two stories together, you know? Because um they weren't very explicit with uh Carol Danvers possessing the negabands that uh that Kamala Khan uses to to gain her powers. And so that link has a lot to be explored and it doesn't have a lot of source material directly and so i think that uh you know given you know some good writing this could lead up to be something very interesting you know so i'm looking forward to it i want to give them a shot and so yeah there's the marvels and and and, and that's the number 10 but i also wanted to give an honorable mention to, to shazam Cause I'm very much looking forward to to Shazam. It's just that a lot, all ten of those movies, I think, just had something in it that that intrigued me, that made me want to, you know, you know, that 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 tickled me, that made me want to say, hey, okay, this is, I'm open to whatever you're bringing. You know what I mean? I'm willing to lower my ex, not lower my expectations, but, <laughs> um, just not have my expectations so prominent. You know what I mean? Because in the way that expectations can ruin your enjoyment of something. Um, when they when they're violated, I'm willing to kind of just like, all right, I'm open to what you're giving me, not putting my expectations before that, you know, type of thing. Um, and 
you know, I, I, I you got to earn that from from people, you know, because there's a lot of chink that they'll put out there. But yeah, you know, th- those are those are the ones in, in uh, that I think this year. So it's going to be a, a, a great year of movie watching. I want to see how much of it I can get to the theaters. You know, Kendrick's getting older and I want to get back to the theaters. I fucking enjoy them. You know, that's something that I like doing. It's not even like an all day thing. It's a, you know, once a month type of activity. So, yeah, dude, uh, I think this year might be the year where I start jumping back into the theaters because that was always um, one of my favorite things doing growing up. So, yeah, this it, there's a ton of movies out here to in, indulge, you know. And that Shazam movie, I think, is going to be a, a, a standout. You know, I know that ended up being an honorable mention, but that's because there was a ton of interesting shit come out this year. <clears throat> yeah. Do you have anything else to add to that list? Uh, yeah, some of the ones that are uh, just a couple. Um Definitely, like I said, my most anticipated movie of next year is Cocaine Bear. That movie looks hilarious. Cute, this Cocaine Bear. It's gonna, be, that. it's gonna be funny. I don't doubt it. Film I don't me. doubt it. That movie looks absolutely hilarious, and um, you know, it looks like a great send off for <clears throat> for Ray Liotta. So, oh, I'm absolutely looking I forward to that. I totally skipped my mind that Ray Liotta was in that. And he just recently passed. Okay. Yeah, cool. that, 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 this one was his final movie. And the other one is uh, Chevalier. That one looks pretty interesting. Oh, what's that? It's a story. It's a biological drama of uh, about um, Joseph Ballone. Yeah, biographical oh. drama about um, uh, Joseph Ballone. He's a Chevalier de Saint George. He's like a dude that taught like uh, basically a black dude that was super dope. They try to hold my man's down, but he he ascended to the top of the fucking musical world, the top of the fencing world we head of the revolution they derogatorily refer to him as black mozart even though he fucking tutored mozart and shit like that so wow so okay. it's a it looked like a pretty interesting movie i saw the trailer for it, it looked pretty cool i'm with and, it that sounds dope you know it's okay. one of those true renaissance man you know what i'm saying and it's one of those hidden black figures that that get lost in history now we have a fantastical movie about his life so this, this seems pretty cool okay i could dig it chevalier okay all right, so those are those are your your additions. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely. That, as I said, that's there's a great list of movies to watch this year. So I can't wait to to, to talk more about them, um, as they release. But yeah, all right, let's let's move on from that. So some games, you know, and honestly, 2023 is going to be the year that solidifies whether I'm getting into this generation being the PS5 or not. Um, because I've been fighting it. I think that Tony is com- uh, Tony. I think that Sony has been completely malfeasant in their distribution of its product. Period. They have absolutely done a disservice to the community by not adequately dealing with scalpers and holding the distributors accountable to not letting scalpers dominate their their product but with that being said the games is coming out the games is coming out all the ones i want to play all of them it's bad 2023 first game that i got on my radar it's gonna be forespoken i think forespoken looks super interesting yeah that looks pretty cool and I, given where Enix is 
dedication to modernizing their games, I feel like they are are very well poised to make a great piece of art. Um, their choice of storyline and character and main character, I think, I think is is going to be revolutionary. I think Forspoken is going to to broach a lot of people's um, uh, tastes in a way that they weren't ready for. And so, yeah, I look forward to that very much, very much, Forspoken. And if that game lands the way it's supposed to, it might just be one uh, one of the nails that that solidifies that I'm going to probably have to drop on a PS5. And from that, we have um, next on the list, which is the Fable reboot. Now, this one is from Xbox. And now, when the original Fable dropped, I, boy, the hype train was insurmountable. Fable was pretty lit. Fable, for what it wanted to do, was an amazing game. And accomplished a ton of things, but absolutely fell just short of what people thought it was going to be. And I think that with the Xbox Series X and the developers having the experience that they have now, this Fable reboot is going to be probably next level. Yeah, it should probably be pretty good. I played Fable 2, 3, and 4, I believe. And was there a Fable Five? I think that there's one. the The last one that came out, I didn't play, but mm-hmm. I played at least two and three, and I enjoyed them greatly. Like, but then again, I, I really like games where you can make decisions. That's my shit. And like, that's Fable, and that's and <clears throat> that's the hard part part about developing Fable. And they have so much experience now. I feel like it's only going to be better. And so the Fable reboot has me highly anticipated, to be honest. And it's very rare that anything that goes on Xbox exclusive would ever catch my interest. But this game, because of the scope of what it can do and the kind of replayability, this is the kind of game that can sell a console. Because you can get 18 months of quality gaming out of a game like Fable. You know what I mean? With that kind of, um, uh, di- uh, with that many options and that min- that much replay value, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm looking forward to see what they do. You know, I'm 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 open to 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 what they're offering, and if they hit it, I'd love to give them give them that accolade. But then here comes the the final nail in the coffin of my uh, uh, Sony PS5 uh, uh, hype, and that is Final Fantasy 16. The game looks so good. Yeah, the combat looks pretty sweet. The game just looks so good. The story looks amazing. The, 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 uh, the, game design elements that Yoshi P is bringing into uh, uh, into the, the, the development team are going to refine this game to a level that I think is unseen. I do think that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a, a 
um, genre-defining game. And it's because Squaresoft has decided that there's only a few things in which they're willing to put money into. And those few things are going to be are they're gonna they're gonna give them everything that they need to succeed. You know what I mean? Um because those few IPs are going to fund all of the rest of the bad decisions that they make. All of the other NFT decisions and blockchain uh, game decisions and mobile game decisions that they're going to make, those games are going to fund it. And they know. And that's one thing that they learned with Final Fantasy 16 is that no matter what big brain galactic thinking that they have going on in corporate, the games that are successful need to be left alone. And they need to be allowed to do their thing. And... I feel like Final Fantasy 16 is is one of those IPs for them that they that corporate stepping aside and saying, "No, no, we're going to let the professionals make this game." You know what I mean? And that's a huge huge thing when it comes to AAA games because I mean, I can go down the list of AAA games that clearly had influence from uh from the monetization end that ruined the, their ability to produce the game that the developers wanted to put out, you know? And so I don't think that Final Fantasy 16 is going to struggle with a lot of that. I think that um, given its development cycle and and uh, the liberty that they have to produce a great game, I think that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a good one. So my eyes are, are, are very much trained on that for this year. But yeah, those are my top three games to... Uh, to, to look out for uh, in the 2023. Uh, you got anything you're looking for, Aaron, in particular? Uh, not too much. I guess uh, Final Fantasy 16 and uh, Hades 2. Ah, uh, Hades 2. Yeah, Hades 2 looks really, really... Uh, we've only seen the trailer so far, and that shit looks pretty dope. And um, this is from Supergiant, uh, uh, an indie company that says they don't make uh, sequels. So the first one was so good that... They had no choice, pretty much, but to just be like, yeah, let's just do another one. And yeah, so I'm and I'm curious and to see where they go with this one. It feels like this is not a direct sequel, so I feel like they're trying to keep to that somehow. Like, yeah. it's a game in Seems the like same art prequel, style actually. and genre, but it's its own game, it feels like almost. Yeah, you know, it seems like it's a, it's a prequel. Because yeah. um the girl because uh, at the end of the trailer, Hades is chained up or some shit. It looks like she's trying to free Hades or something. Looks like you might be beefing with the, with the Titans, so. We shall see. So, yeah, th- those are the games to, to, to look out for 2023 that you can expect us to be talking about throughout the year as they release. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, move on. I have some media companies that I'm looking at that uh, I think are either at a, at a, a crux in their industry or... Uh, leading in paradigm shifts that I think will be very interesting to to see how they pan out in the 2023. And so we'll just do a quick rundown of that. And uh, we'll start out with Zaum, the creators of um, Disco Elysium. This is the artist collective that, unfortunately, had gotten into some legal issues with the financial end uh, of the uh, um, of their company. Uh, but moving forward, I'm very much inter- interested to see what they do because 
as an artist collective, they have they have uh, you know um, motivations outside of just money that are pushing them to make video games. And so once this is resolved, they will be you know more inclined to to create games and their games, of course, coming from artists of this this caliber will reflect the experiences that they've gone through. And so I'm interested to see if a an artist collective can come out the other side of financial handicapping and still be able to create games in this environment. Um, I hope that they use some of the the other financial models that are available to them, such as Kickstarter and stuff like that, to get back on their feet. But um, there is a demand for their games. And there's a demand for games that represent more than the expression of the desire for money. Um, because if games are an art form, then they are expressing something. And it I don't think that the the value of an individual game comes from what it's expressing. It's that it has to express something. And that something has to be other than monetary gain. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we've seen so many games that are literally just expressions of the desire to make money. And not the desire to, like, make a game that wants to do something. You know, make an experience for you. You know what I mean? Tell a story. You know, maybe, you know, uh, uh, instigate philosophical thought like Disco Elysium, you know? And so, uh, yeah, seeing what happens with Zaum, I think, will be very interesting because that will encourage... Because, I mean, if they can do it, anyone can do it as an artist collective, by the way. These guys have almost zero acumen at making money. And zero acumen at organization. But they have a goal, and they are all adept at achieving goals. And so despite those two things, they are able to make something great. And so if you can, you know, if, if you have a collection of artists that are even just slightly more organizationally minded than that, then this should be hugely encouraging. Because they've gone through the whole gamut, you know what I mean? And they've produced their game. And so, you know, I'm interested to see what happens with Zaun moving forward. Because I think that that will, will be very uh, encouraging to the indie market at large. And then I'm also interested to see what happens to Gravity Payments. Gravity Payments is a uh, company that does online uh, payment pro- processing. But it was run by... Uh, a uh, a gentleman named Dan Price. He is a, a CEO who styles himself as like, you know, the conscious CEO. You know, you don't got to run your company to exploit, you know, the, every single worker just to make a profit type of thing. You know, um, I think the minimum wage at his company is $70,000 a year. Um, I think he capped his own wage at like one or $2 million a year. Um, so that his wages aren't siphoning off all of the company's profits. And, um, you know, it was a relatively uh, revolutionary idea that a CEO would run their company um, with any kind of ethics. But, of course, in doing so, um, the mainstream media had to find a way to try to collapse him 
And so there was, um, you know, there was a, a series of stories in which there was there was claims made. Now, none of these claims were ever taken to the length of, um, like, uh, uh, a police report or anything of that nature. But what it did is that it, it served to its purpose, and that's to throw smut on his name, you know? So people who didn't want to believe that you can run a profitable com- uh, company without, uh, you know, dicking over all your employees could say, well, this guy is a, is, is a douchebag. He's, he's sexually harassed a bunch of women, which the, the claims are super dubious. And honestly, in this day and age, if you're going to make a claim against uh, somebody who is a public figure like that, you should go to the police. You should not make those claims without going to the police. It's 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 defamatory, and I think that in general it shows a lack of harm. Like if you're unwilling to go to the police in this day and age, when women are 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 being encouraged to be taken seriously, and 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 to make sure that they stand up for themselves, it don't make no sense. It shows a serious lack of harm to me. That, that all of these allegations came from people who were unwilling to, to, to actually stand in a legal sense against him. And this is somebody who, who does not have, you know, a whole lot of support when it comes to, like, you know, the court systems and stuff like that. He's, he speaks out just as vehemently against the corruption of, of a lot of the systems that supposedly would be empowering him to do these things. And so, you know, I'm interested to see what happens to Gravity Payments as a company because, you know, it it, it does... Sh- it, I think it's indicative of that, you know, you do too much right, you, you, you try to make the right kind of waves, and, you know, you'll get slandered and destroyed, you know? They'll come at you in, in, in any which way, shape, or form. And uh, so I'm interested to see what happens to this company because I think that'll be, I think, uh, a very, uh, it'll be um, a bit of a, uh, a litmus test for, for what's going to happen to a lot of these CEOs who are actually trying to run their companies with any kind of ethical and moral standard. Because, man, it, they attacked him on everything except for the way he ran his company, you know, and that was the worst part about it is that none of the attacks against him were based on his work ethic or the ethics of, of the company he ran, you know? And and, and so, yeah, the, it, it, it was really a, a, a bit untowards to see those come out uh, against him in 2022, but we'll see next year uh, how Gravity Payments comes out, uh, the other side of that. But I think it's going to be an interesting story uh, of, of, of what happens on the corporate level when you try to run yourself a little bit differently. And then finally is going to be Square Enix. I'm interested to see what Square Enix does. Um, because of their very public statements and trying to get behind NFT and blockchain technologies, it seemed like such a squarely bad move. But from a company that owns Final Fantasy fourteen and the unlimited wealth that comes from running that game. I can't imagine that, you know, 
everything of quality is going to be squelched out of that company. And so 2000, I, 2023, I think, is going to be an interesting year for them because it might be the year that they they make or break the goodwill that the, the gaming gener- uh, population has for them, um, that they so adequately built up uh, from... Final Fantasy 17 to Final Fantasy 6 and in that order because Final Fantasy 7 was such a huge segue for so many people into the earlier games that that kept, you know, this this IP so hugely profitable. You know, it's been what 16 years? 20 No, it's been 26 years almost. Yeah. 26 years since since that game and they have yet to do anything that has reached the that height of of um exposure or or um impact you know what i mean and so um i think 2023 for square enix given some of the decisions that they've made might be the year that they either reaffirm or squander all of the goodwill that they've managed to 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 hold on to because it's been a long time since they put out a game that people were really really happy about you know what i mean like final fantasy 10 it was pretty lit game was good great reception final fantasy 14 that's that's almost not even considered part of Final Fantasy franchise anymore. Like that's its own entity onto itself. You know? The final the rest of the Final Fantasy franchise is sucking off the teat of Final Fantasy 14. So, you know, I think that this is a a, a huge crux for Squ- uh, Square Enix. And I'm interested to see where they go in 2023. But yeah, do you got any uh companies you or or uh uh corporations you think are are going to be doing big things next year? Nah, this year, not particularly. I leave that stuff up to the ether, man. <clears throat> no, no use in uh in thinking too heavily about it. Yeah, it's a corporation. They gonna do what they gonna do, and I'm gonna respond accordingly. Yes, sir. So yeah, all right. So we'll wrap up with um. I think the the I think the biggest three stories that are gonna be carrying over into the uh 2023 year. Okay, and um, we'll start out with I think Peru. I think the revolution happening in Peru right now is going to, A, be a paradigm shift for how um, South American countries govern themselves. And moreover, it's going to have knock-on effects in what left organizations uh, understand that they can do in terms of national politics. What's going on in Peru right now is huge hugely 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 uh uh going to uh affect uh global um production and i think global politics because whatever happens in peru will affect its neighbors in bolivia in chile and 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 furthermore in brazil and that's going to to have major global ramifications uh moving forward so I think uh, the story of what's going on in Peru is going to 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 be a major one to watch going into next year, um, as well as what's going on in Ukraine. I mean, that's obvious. The war, the ongoing war in Ukraine, 
whether it's the the ongoing wealth transfer from regular middle class Americans to the to arms manufacturers, whether it's the massive um, loss of life that will continue to happen in Ukraine, um, whether it's the the ongoing military um, mobil- mobilization of Russia and what that causes uh, its allies to do and what it emboldens its allies to do. The war in Ukraine is is bad news bears for the world, you know. It's going to be a, a, a global issue, and unfortunately, um, similar to what's going on in Peru, it's going to set precedence for global politics and not in the good way. See, the thing about Peru is that when win or lose— it can't have a negative effect on global politics because either it's more of what we're doing, which by the the standard of the people in power would be a positive effect, or we actually get labor-oriented and, and, and grassroots change, which would be beneficial to the, to the vast majority of people. So there's positive outcomes on both ends of this, of, of what's going on in Peru, you know, for either side. Whereas there's no positive outcome from what Russia is doing in Ukraine. There's no positive outcome for the Russian people from what's happening in, in Ukraine. There's no, there's nothing happen, there's nothing positive happening for the majority of the Russian oligarchy. The only one who benefits from this is Putin and his legacy and what he gets to, to say about himself in the future. So... You know, it's one of those things, you know, the, the, the war in Ukraine is going to be bad news and bears when it comes uh, to whatever uh, whatever um, outcomes are, are generated from it. And so I'll be keeping my eye on that because that one's going to be an ongoing conflict. And what's scary enough about it is that there's too much monetary incentive for it to keep going on as a armed conflict. There's no monetary incentive in actually stopping the war. And what I've learned most about our world in 2022 is that everything... I am I might be the only thing in this world that's not driven by monetary incentives. Like, it's sick, bro. Everything in this world is fucking driven by monetary incentives. You know? And, and it's not just an American sickness. It's been broadcast and, and exported to... to you know, societies around the world. And so, you know, the fact that there's no monetary incentive to end this war is hugely, hugely, hugely problematic. And so, you know, watching Ukraine, I think it'll be a big one um, on the docket in the coming year. And also, U.S. labor relations. U.S. labor relations between, well, whether it's labor relations of the logistics industry whether it's labor relations between uh, actual manufacturers of raw goods and manufacturers of consumer goods, the labor relations between uh, employers and employees, the labor relations between police and the general working public. U.S. labor relations are fucking shit. They're bad. They're really bad. And they're at an all-time low in, in, in a time which it could have 
serious impacts on the economy. And so the government obfuscating their responsibility to regulate labor relations between employees and employers, between police and uh, uh, general uh, uh, production uh, employees, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And it's something that, honestly, I think that the biggest, the biggest modern problem for the left is this inability to reconcile what the fuck to do with the police. Because they're not workers like we're workers. They are not. They're not employees like we're employees. They don't have unions like we have. And if the left cannot learn how to co-opt and reappropriate the labor power of police, then we're fucked. Because they militarized. That's where the asymmetrical force in this society lies. The ability for rich people to mobilize, you know, police with guns and armor is where the asymmetric power lies. And that's how the wealthy will always fall back to defend their wealth. And if the left doesn't find a grassroots amicable way of dealing with that and co-opting that power from them... You know, it's gonna. It's not gonna be great. It's not gonna be great. And 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 not to mention, move, removing the police as a a hindering factor to local and municipal politics. You know, it's impossible for a mayor to do generally anything good because they are beholden completely to the police faction, and the police faction has a very firm understanding, a very firm understanding that for them to 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 reproduce their labor they have to force people into bad positions and so they will inherently align with the worst parts of our government because those parts of our government will put people in the stress position that will cause them to do the bad things that will cause the police to have a reason to exist and so yeah you know, if America could ever learn to, to, to deal with the contemporary police presence, it would go a long way to moving past this capitalist hell paradigm that we live in. But there we have it. That's everything that I'll be looking forward to um, moving in. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? No, that's it. All righty then. Well, I hope you guys did enjoy this show. Uh, I look forward to getting into all of these things in further depth with you guys throughout the year and also whatever new pops up because we humans and that's the best thing that we do is random shit. And so there will be tons of entertainment, tons more uh, uh, media to talk about and tons more news, you know. So if you guys did enjoy the show, please feel free to subscribe to us. You can find us on anchor.fm or on patreon.com. You can also find us on the social medias. On Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. You can also find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one. Peace out. Take it easy. <laughs>